So I was uh, scrolling through the social medias, and uh, League O in France had this uh, fun setup we've got on camera here, the uh, cool hot tub near the uh, corner kick. And I just thought about that party pad that they don't always rent out that's on the far side of CHI. And if we yeah. should get a nice, uh, you know, Coleman inflatable hot tub and uh, have brisket boy summer. There you go. And they'd be blinded by our, our paleness in the sun. So wait, are you suggesting I would be, I would ever get into anything in public with my shirt off? Is that what you're going with? Cause that's not a thing. Soccer chat with two T's because we're going to chat about soccer, but we're also in Chattanooga. So it's like a play on words. And, you know, Chattanooga is a soccer city. Trust me, Adam, all eyes would be on me. <laughs> Whether you want to or not. <laughs> well done, sir. All right. Welcome to Soccer Chat, episode whatever. I have no idea what episode it is. And uh, so, someone that listens, if you feel like it, go back and count all of our episodes. And uh, Jeff will sing you a song. I totally would sing you a song. I'm like but, in the old man chair here in my old man office. It's got to be more comfortable than where we're at. Oh, it's same. very comfortable. So, yeah, we're recording from Adam's car at uh, Camp Jordan Arena. Our kids are practicing. Um, and I, the more I'm thinking about it, the hilarious visual would have been me in the back seat yeah. and the two of you in the front. We, uh, It's a two-door car. Almost happened. Would have been epic. Would have been epic. But what was an epic was last Saturday's game. And that's our Omaha review. There was a moment of epic. There were moments of epic. Not good epic. So once again, I think one thing we need to point out is the Red Bulls fans show up in droves for any time a Red Bulls player is nominated for either player of the week, save of the week, whatever it is. Proving that how active your fan base is on ripping on other fans on Twitter and other social media does not necessarily correlate with how many fans you actually have that engage with the teams and the league in those scenarios. And I will say it was probably more than just Red Bulls fans voting for it, but Mo Espinosa's goal did get goal of the week. Um, congrats, Mo. So congrats, Mo. And it, it was a great goal. Unfortunately, as is tradition, it seems, this season – the Red Wolves only play for 80 to 85 minutes. And once again, we gave away that game. And I think that's the only way you can say it. We gave that game away. Um, I don't think the 10 men Omaha team won that game. I think we didn't figure out a way to defend on the world's smallest pitch where you should, in theory, be able to create even less movement for them and openings. They seem to have tons of room and we don't want to, keep dreading on this and going on this, but I would like to not, but the team keeps doing and giving away points. What is your thoughts, Jeff? Do you think? Well, this first is... of all, I think we, we gave away the win because that goal, their first goal, I think was stoppable. We had a moment, we had a lapse of something of, of focus. And we, through most of the game, we were in control. We were, and sometimes in the first half, we were bullying them. 
it was awesome. But that first goal that Omaha had, uh, that's on us. The second goal Omaha had, that was I don't know how that even went in, but because we it was bad goalkeeping. Well, it's, it's on no, us. But, no, no, look at that goal. It was it was it was so bizarre how it went in. It was it was kind of it, awesome if it wasn't us. But that first it, goal I think was on us. I think that was stoppable. That second goal was that ball wasn't going super fast, and it was from well outside the box. Like I'm sorry, he should stop that. Who was expecting it to actually get it into the box? There was just such a weird loppy kick that went in. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking there's thought there's no way that's going in, and it did. But that first Mm -hmm. goal, we just let them right in there. We just like opened the door, showed them where all the where all the silverware was. I think there's a lot that you can pick apart with Carlos. There's a lot that he's done well, and I think he's grown and gotten better as the season's gone. But he just is not very explosive. And what I told Adam watching that is that, you know, there's, of course, the seam for all the sod that's on the infield that's in such bad condition that you might as well. It's probably safer for players if they had just left it as dirt. Um, But Carlos was backpedaling, and he was on that seam. And then he also is not very explosive in that he can't like explode upward and cover a lot of area above him. He doesn't explode out to the side and reach a ball that's going towards the far post. And so that's where he got caught. He got caught backpedaling. He probably hit that seam, wasn't confident in his footing, and he wasn't able to really launch himself upwards to tip it over. Well, I think the defense was only part of the problem. The other problem which we're facing is we're forgetting or losing our focus or losing interest in scoring later in the game. And you can't win if you don't score. And if getting up 1-0 means nothing in this league. Uh, One of the good – there's a lot of things we complain about League One, but it's a competitive league. And uh, things move very quickly. Uh, I, and it just seemed like we took our foot off the gas. And if we had kept that pressure on and kept scoring, then if they got those two goals, if, you know, I, we should have been, we should have won that game by three goals, as, at least the way it looked in the first half. So let me ask you this, Jeff. I know we harp a lot on the tiny hills of Omaha. How much do you think the red card is negated by the tiny field? Well, I, I would, yeah, I think it's lessened compared to other fields. But I think what happened as soon as we let up and once they got their first goal, I think their confidence boosted right back in. When we messed up, and let that first goal in. That's why I'm so upset about that first goal. Uh, they thought, hey, we can win this with 10 men. B- before that, I think we could have maybe have snuck out with a 1-0 or a 1-1 draw, which would, which would have frustrated us. But, yeah, I, I agree. With the size of the field, um, with less <clears throat> space, you don't have to fill up as much. Yeah, I, I, I think there's – Validity to that point, but the main problem, because it's not just the problem when we play in Omaha, the problem we have, we've had in our last few matches, is we just stop 
trying to advance. We just stop trying to create or we, you know, or we forget what to do once we get in the box. I think your point's very valid. The biggest issue is us taking our foot off the gas when we get a one goal lead. Uh, there's a huge trend of that. Uh, Alex Loza posted on the, uh, the fan book pay or the face Facebook fan page. I like fan book. Though. Everybody go, take go a break. The fan book yeah, page. And uh, talked about all the games that we had given up. And uh, all I can say is thanks for listening because we've been talking about that for weeks now. But um, he he's right. You're right. We take our foot off the gas. But if you look at the Omaha field, if we're charitable, it's 70 yards wide. You can defend with three people easily probably get away with two. So in a normal game, when you have a player go off with a red card and you're all of a sudden having to adjust, you either need to, you're taking a player out of the attack to make him defend so that you don't give up a ton of extra goals. Or if you're trying to go for that win like Omaha was, you have to take away a player and you're exposing yourself in the back. But with this tiny field, Omaha doesn't have to do that. I actually think, the length is, is is actually even more of an impact because, you know, you even look at that second goal where their goalkeeper passes the ball to, you know, our penalty box, right, um, without much effort. Off uh, a goal kick. Yeah, off a goal yeah, kick, right? Goal kick. Um, that means that you don't need a midfield. You go straight – like, one of the things with a midfield is you get it from defense to midfield to, to – like, it's usually a transition, right, that you have to work your way up through the defense into the midfield into the attack. If you only don't need a midfield, you just go defense to attack, and you're down a man, you can put literally four in the back, one in the middle, and five up front, or four up front. Like, you can do a 4-1-4 and be fine because there's nothing to worry about, and it allows some movement there. And if you go back and look, that's kind of what they did. Like, they, they, they didn't move anyone into extra defense. They didn't move anyone. They just kind of let the, the midfield go away. Because it needed, it's frustrating. Because this is not the first time it's happened where they've gone down to ten men and been perfectly fine at home. This is the second time that's happened, and yeah. this is the proof. Their goalkeeper has scored a goal. At some point, this joke of a field has to go away. And I know that it's sour grapes, but I said this before we were down. I I I, I looked at I looked at my wife. I was like, so here's the thing. I made the mistake of watching Premier League this morning and seeing normal size fields and then turn this crap on. And it is not enjoyable to watch. Like it is not a fun experience. And so from my standpoint, if I never have to watch a game in Omaha again, like next time we're away, I probably won't watch it. I'll just catch the score because it's not fun. Like it's not watching soccer. It's watching kickball because that's all they have to do. They just sit back and then they kick it deep and hope their guy gets a good touch and gets lucky past the goal. No, and that's exactly what they built their team for. They got Coach Jay Mims from Creighton, yep. and he's brought forward all the worst things about American college soccer of just fighting over 50-50 balls, playing completely without any sort of game management, just booming it long, having someone run for it, and then having a coach scream because every time 22 guys that don't fit on the field – run into each other you don't get a card or a foul that he was oh yeah listening to him every time a red wolf player slightly grazed 
someone from Omaha and he's down there on the sideline crapping a brick because there wasn't a foul given. It was just like, what, what do you expect to happen? And he talked the referee into giving his own player a red card. Yeah, which, by the way, was a terrible call by the ref because one of two things should be happening there. Either you blow the the, 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 the you blow it dead with a whistle, which you didn't do, and then the guy kicks the, the, the player and you say, oh, that's a red card. Or, conversely, you fail to blow the whistle and the guy continues to play like he's supposed to and you call it a foul. The only way that foul is a red card is if he does it after the whistle has been blown. That's not what happened. That was such a bad call by the ref. And I think Alex is right because the ref was on edge because he had been screamed at for 45 minutes straight by the, that coach. And Mims was lucky not to get his second yellow for the way he acted after it happened. And they just like randomly gave someone else on the bench a yellow card because they didn't want to kick him out too. He, he, it was completely... Which they totally would have done for Jimmy Ablada. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously. Uh, or or Kevin Solchek. Um, I right. mean, like, honestly, that was just bad altogether. And if it had happened to a Red Wolf, we would have been pissed, right? We would have been sitting here complaining about the bad call. So I do want to say it. That's a bad call. But here's the thing. It doesn't matter. You're playing an Omaha. If anything, it gave you more room because you guys weren't on top of each other. So I think we've, nope. we've butchered Omaha. Let's give Jeff one last thing. One last thing about the field is this is our third year playing there. And we know so? they haven't changed it. So we know the environment we're going into. So Yes, but the other 28 games we play we I know. are on a field that's so. I, I, I don't we like. We need a like, different uh, strategy uh, when we get there. An Omaha fan tried to say the same thing. And I'm like, yeah, but you play half your home games there. We play one, maybe two games there a year. At most, our team's not going to be built for it because we're built for a a normal size field, right? Our team is not going to be used to that style like you're going to be. And, yeah, I get that there should be some types of home field advantage, but the home field advantage should not be we're playing on an illegal FIFA side field that we refuse to let people measure because we know there's no way it'll pass. Like, just simple logic of the fact that it's 305 yards or or 315 feet from home to the wall, 315 feet. The minimum length is 100 yards. It's literally impossible to get 100 yards, get the goal in, and start it where they start. It's literally impossible. So I don't want to hear any of this crap about them claiming it's a regulation site. It's not. You can get 100 yards if you approach it like daylight savings time, <laughs> and you measure it out, and then you go back and measure it again. I do want to, you know, let's pull this back to the very beginning. What about that Mo goal? We just we <laughs> talked about just briefly. What a goal Mo had! No, seriously, that was an amazing goal. I don't think we gave enough credit for that. I want to be positive. If, by the way, he was very close to scoring that exact same goal ten minutes earlier. Knew who was able to like double clutch and come down with the ball on that exact same shot. Yeah, yeah. He's knew who was a little right bit. Knew who was a little bit closer to his line on the first shot. And the second shot, he made the mistake of coming up a little too far, misjudging how early Mo would take that shot. And I think Mo actually measured Nuhu a little bit on the first shot and was like, okay, I got you. Because this is not the first time he shot that type of shot. Um, that's definitely in his arsenal and something we would want to continue to see him do. All right, so I think we've butchered or destroyed all we can out of that Omaha game. So let's turn ourselves real quick to the game for this weekend. 
Um, what are you guys expecting as we head on the road again for this uh, game on Saturday? Can I just real quick, do you remember how fun it was when we played on a Wednesday in Omaha and then had to go on Saturday all the way out to Fuego mm -hmm. and then had to come home and play another home game? And Omaha got to play two games, but they both happened to be at home during the middle of the week. How, how nice of them that League One gave them a chance to not really have to travel or get out of their own bed for the two games in four, four or five days, whatever. And on to this weekend. Jeff, what are your thoughts for this weekend? I think we're going to see a lot of pink and blue. And, uh, and I'm still upset that Dairyland is not a cheese-based theme park. Are they going to um, wear the flamingo diarrhea kit? <laughs> well, it's like someone made a couple of different variations of Nestle Quick. Who are we kidding? Laughed, They're going to have one with the design of Queen Elizabeth on it. Probably. Yeah. So it's, uh, uh, you know what? They've had a pretty good season for for Ford Madison. I don't know if they're going to be able to stay in the position Currently, they're in. Stop real quick. Currently, if they lose this game on Saturday, realistically out of the playoffs – and they had a good season for Ford Madison. Can we let that sink in for a second? Right. They are but this close to being out of the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> we're not saying uh, you're wrong, by the way. We're not saying you're wrong. We're, we're, <laughs> no, we're, we're, know, we're, we're focused on the fact that a good season for them is barely missing the playoffs. Congrats. Well, all right. Well, here's the other end. At this point, how confident are you that we're going to get three points from them? If it's a team that's not going to – looks like they're not going to make the playoffs, how confident – you know, if they need one more loss to not be in the playoffs, how confident are you that we're going to be the one to give them that loss? I think we win 3 nothing. I genuinely think we're going to win 3 nothing, and here's why I think that. Because nothing makes sense. So that's why I think <laughs> that. No, honestly, I think we're going to win 3 nothing. yes. I think we're going to win 3 nothing because I think – if our team isn't able to get up for a game that guarantees a separation from a team that they know our fans hate, then our team's not where it should be mentally. We've got to be able to get up for that game. We're in a position where we can put a team that I would say most of our fans would like to not ever see succeed. Our players should know that about our fan base and they Are should be getting up. Are you talking about Omaha games. still or are you going to talk about – uh, Madison. Because no, I'm talking about we Madison. Were in that like, like last week, to beat a team that our team, uh, or you know, I don't think we hate Omaha as much as like I, I, Omaha's. It is what it is, but at least they've won something to be for their fans to be the obnoxious that they are. The yeah. the four Madison fans are obnoxious, and their team is terrible every year. It's a terrible combination. Like you can't you can't be like acting as if your team's better than everybody and also consistently missing one of the easiest playoffs to make. Like, more than 50% of teams make the playoffs, and we're talking about your best season is missing that. I'm not as confident. <laughs> well, my point was, our fan base does not like Union Omaha. Maybe they hate Madison worse, but they had every motivation last Saturday in moving up the table – in hurting Omaha's position in going into playoffs, hurting uh, and, and maybe making threats against Greenville and Richmond, who, quite frankly, I think Richmond has a really good chance of taking it this year. 
Yep. So we, we had a great opportunity last weekend to do it to a team we don't like and take care of business on, on, on moving up the playoffs. So we're in that same position again. So that's why I bring, is there going to be a different result? This, this is why I'm less confident until they can show me different that, you know, they're going to score a goal in the 35th minute and they're going to take their foot off the gas and we're going to spend the rest of the, the game puckered and clenched waiting for the shoe to drop. Is the, is the difference with this, how much of this, okay, at what point are we going to look at what is weekly doing differently because it's been how it's been a long time since he's been, you know, since Oblade has been gone. It's not, you know, it's been months now. And so I, you know, things are moving on to the next step. Is weekly out of ideas? Is I don't think week I think weekly is just regurgitating the ideas that are Jimmy Oblade's. I don't think I've never I haven't seen anything in team setup in player selection. The he used Pedro Hernandez in the first Omaha game, who had a great goal and then unfortunately got the red card. And then it's been crickets from him, which makes no sense because when Pedro was on the field, he had massive yeah. impact. So yeah. it says to me, he doesn't, ha- there's a reason why he's a youth coach and a, um, it's going to sound harsh because he was my son's youth coach, but there's a reason why he's a youth coach and he's the equipment guy for the team. It's because he doesn't have his own ideas. Um, he can regurgitate others like most youth coaches can. And that is not a shot at youth coaches. Youth coaches are supposed to do that. They're supposed to be putting in an overall plan of the academy on how to build their teams and how to build their players, which he's really good at. I don't think he has his own ideas. I think it makes sense when he comes in to not try to change too much either. Right. Uh, at the time, they weren't sure whether or not Oblada would come back, how long that suspension would be. Uh, it seems like that suspension – at least with the team, is going to be forever. Um, but, yeah, so he's not changing too much. And I know our our late-game struggles maybe weren't an every-week thing, but they were happening with Oblada on the sideline yeah. as well, you know, all the way, right. way back to the very first game against forward Madison when we needed to take a ball to the corner, and instead we gave it up and got hit on the counter. Um, so but that was another see- game where it felt like we weren't, pushing for that second goal. Like you said, Jeff, no one goal lead in League One is safe. Agreed. And they have to have that mindset when they go out on the field. But going back to Coach Jimmy's style, yeah, he had a a set plan. He had something you could expect. But when it wasn't working, he would make adjustments. Really? And so, yeah, I I think he would make adjustments. He would make tweaks. And I I don't know – I don't know that I agree. I think I think Oblada would sit, would do the same thing every time. He would bring in around the 60th, 70th minute his change of pace guys that like to go to the one corner and then cross the ball across. And he just did that over and over. Whether it was last year with Markey or it was this year with Ray Ortiz, that seemed to be what he liked to do regardless of the situation. So I don't know that that's true. But I, I also wonder, you know, how much of – our inability to change things is more around the player availability. Like some, like it just still seems like the same players are, are hurt that we're going to be impactful offensive players. And that may have more than, than tactics. 
I think wonder how much of it is what I'm getting at is how much of it could be that weekly looks at the team, looks at what he has available and says, our best plan is what Obleda had said because of what's available to me. Or do you really think there's like, what, what would you change the formation to Jeff? Well, it's part of the formation, but what I was going to get to was I'm wondering how much does the leadership within the team decide to offer up ideas and suggestions? Like some of them have, have modified places where they play and how they play. Um, a couple years back, Ricky was playing as a right back or a left back. And, you know, he, he worked his way back up to the top. He was, he was adjustable. Um, we have a, we do have some players I think could bring some creativity. And I wonder at what point can they go to coach weekly and say, could we try this in practice and see what that looks like and adjust that? I don't know. Um, Cause again, I don't have the experience on the pitch. I'm just a, a fat guy in a chair. But either of you guys think though, um, and I want, and this is me just thinking off the. That cuff. is what the whole podcast industry is based on, Jeff. It's a very comfortable chair. Guy in a chair. It's a very uh, comfortable chair. How much do you think it is? How much do you think Weekly and his staff looks at it and says, "If if we don't give up these goals, eighty five minute pass, we're currently sitting in first. Do we really need to change that much?" Like I'm wondering if that's part of it. Like are are, are they looking at it and saying, "We're this close already." Like I would change the part where they give up the goals at the end of the game. That would be yeah. that'd be amazing. It's that's all we got to do. You're well, welcome. Solved it. Well done. Well, I, but you still got the issue of letting the foot off the gas, and I kind of yeah. wonder: Are we? Because last year, what what happened was, Mablada um, would give a nose injection at 70 minutes or or so, just bring in these fast players at the end, and that would give us a big boost. This year he changed it, and we had the big injection at the front, and he brought some other players in later on in the game. Sometimes it would work, but not always. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's I don't. If I had one thing that maybe I would say, what Jimmy Weekly could adjust is he waits till late in the game yes. to make substitutions. Yes. There's a uh, uh, the Charlotte game. Andres Hernandez was coming in in like the 92nd minute to be a defensive stopper and just before play stopped they scored so then he subbed on the field to stop the goal that had just happened um the game that we played against tormenta where the five minutes of stoppage time had five minutes of stoppage time was partly because jimmy oblata was trying to substitute or not oblata jimmy weekly was trying to substitute in the 95th minute and it's like just let Carlos kick that ball, and then we'll all go home. Yeah. So if he if he looks more at that 60th minute as opposed to the 75th or the 80th, you know, we're getting towards the end of the season, 25, 30 games. Some of these guys maybe need to come out a little sooner, give those other players off the bench a chance to really make an impact. We have ramped up the quality of our players over the past four years. So as all the other teams, I, I think by and large, you know, the league gets better and we're getting a higher percentage uh, of, of, of good talent at our level. And that third spot has shown to be very competitive, but it's also very competitive for the other teams. So that's where it's, I think we have a really good team. But at the same time, 
I think they're wore out. And I agree. I think earlier substitutions would make a huge difference. All right. So I already said 3-0. Let's get your guys' predictions. I'm feeling another 1-1 draw. Same. Like I said, until they can show me different. I, I really want to see a high scoring. And I, we have the ability. We have the players. We have the talent. And I just got to make sure we haven't checked out. Um, and if we don't check out, and if we play like we can play, um, we could, yeah, get a 3-0 get a is, is within reason. But it's not within my expectation. So here's a question that's been rattling around in my head. We we were really brutal at the beginning of the show because of this loss to Omaha. In the last nine games, we have four wins, four ties, one loss. Um, we've talked about if it's not for some of these late-game disappointing goals that have leaked points for us, we'd be easily in first place in the league. So is this season the disappointment? Yes. Mm. Yes. When you, I would say, I'd say it's a disappointment based on our potential. I think it's a disappointment based on on what we even accomplished. Like, if you, I, I took the time to do this. And I don't have it sitting here, but I went through and looked at every game. There's only one other team that's even remotely affected by total points either gained or lost after 90 minutes. I think mm-hmm. they, they were like three points lost. I don't remember who it was. We have 11 points lost after 90 minutes, 13 points lost after 80. Yeah. That is excruciating because in that same thing, Omaha has gained four points during that time from us. So that's four points you can take away from Omaha that we would be having. That's an eight-point swing just in the Omaha games. Between us and Omaha. Same thing with, with other teams that we're fighting currently for positions. You know, you, we talk about Ford and, and joking around about them. Ford wins this game this weekend. It totally changes the dynamics of the rest of the season, right? But the reason that they have even the one point that they have that they got because of the tying us up, right? Well, that's one point that they tied us from. And that's two points we lost. That's a three-point swing between us and them. That they, they would be much further away. The impact is significant on what we're just given up that honestly, I don't look at those. There's one of the goals, one, which was the first game in Omaha. I look at it and say, that's on them accomplishing the goal, not on us failing, if that makes sense. The other ones, I don't look at, it's us, bad defense. It's bad positioning. It's a, a bad back pass. It's an a ridiculous, why aren't you just clearing it? Why are you playing around with the ball? Like all kinds of just dumb play. Um, Why are you not going to the corner with the ball instead of trying to score when there's only like two minutes left in the game in the first game of the season? Like things like that, that shouldn't be happening that have. And that makes it a disappointment because ultimately those things go the other direction. We're talking about a dominant performance and a dominant team that everybody else is going, I do not look forward to going to CHI during the playoffs because we would be, we would have it so locked up. We would be like, I think six points clear of Omaha and Omaha would still have the game in hand, but that would mean that they would have to, we would have to lose a game and they would have to win their game in hand and an extra game. But it is what it is. It's not where we're at. 
All right. Is it time for the local roundup? I believe so. <clears throat> so, <laughs> wanted to throw this out for Adam. Covenant College. Uh, the Covenant men started in Atlanta over the weekend. They had a tie versus Emory. They had a win versus Oglethorpe. They'll be playing Saturday again. The uh, Covenant ladies have two wins and a loss to start the season. Uh, just uh, mark your calendar. September 3rd is a, a soccer chat derby as Adams Covenant College is going to be taking on my alma mater, Barry. So the the scariest game on Covenant schedule every year, having to play Barry. Uh, the ladies are going to be up at uh, whatever, the kilt ground or whatever they call it up there at Covenant. Um, it's not that complicated. <laughs> and uh, the men are playing down at Barry. Uh, so that's that. Barry ladies one and one to start the season. The Barry men are one zero oh, and one. Uh, so that's uh, that's soccer chat update. Uh, UTC, as we're recording tonight, they're playing at home against Northern Alabama. Good luck to the ladies. Sunday they will be at home again at two p.m. playing Belmont. So that's out there by the old Ingalls Stadium at their UTC athletic complex. Uh, Free admission, bring a lawn chair, get to be close to the action, go check it out. They're also on ESPN Plus, so you can watch those games on ESPN Plus. Uh, Tennessee Wesleyan men, they're 1 0 2, including a tie against Dalton State, who is ranked at the, at the moment. So that was uh, Lady Red Wolf coach Luke Winter with Tennessee Wesleyan and Dalton Red Wolf's coach Scythe Alfseer is the Dalton State coach. So that was a, a really important Red Wolf game, was a 2-2. Two to two. Uh, The Dalton men are ranked number 10 right now in NAIA, undefeated to start the season. And then I want to give a shout-out to Lee Sr. Ellie Chrysler had a goal of the week – no, not goal of the week. She was player of the week for the second week in a row for the Gulf States Conference Division II. Uh, she had four goals in a 9 nothing win against Emmanuel College last week. So that hurts. That hurts Emmanuel. congrats to Ellie. It's like playing Liverpool. Uh, also, in Tennessee, the uh, ladies are playing fall soccer in high school, and we've got the first rankings in Tennessee. Chattanooga Christian, ranked number five. GPS, ranked number nine. And Baylor, ranked number 11. Silverdale Academy checks in at number 25. So lots of good ladies soccer going on in the area. Go check them out uh, and uh, enjoy that. That's your local roundup. And, and I will say a big part of why those local high schools are as strong as they are, are the two large academies here in Chattanooga in CFC and, and, and the Red Wolves, as well as readout and the quality program that they have. A big part of what makes those teams good is not just – what those high schools bring, but what these academies and these rec and select programs around here that really do take a lot of time to focus on both the women's and the men's game, which unfortunately until recently wasn't a, something that a lot of areas could say. Um, but Chattanooga has always done a good job of putting um, quality coaching and quality pr um, planning into the, the ladies' game, and something that our, our town can be proud of for that. Indeed, indeed. I had a little segment in here. Do you guys want to make fun of me about Thomas Tuchel? 
I mean, for it, folks that don't know, I'm a Chelsea supporter. Thomas Tuchel is fired. Here's the thing: he won a Champions League. Like, it's hard to like fully make fun of him, and he no. did win a Champions League, right? Like, <laughs> um, but at the same time, dude, you won a Champions League and got fired within a year. That's impressive. <laughs> Like, like it's his own implosion. It's his own implosion. So I don't think it's a reflection on Chelsea as much as it is on Thomas Tuchel. It's you know it's uh, it's you would see him just kind of start to lose it, uh, and more and more as it's familiar. Hmm. Yeah, but I don't know that he got suspended though. Moving on. I don't want to make fun of you. I mean, I th- I think it's interesting that you have a coach that within the last what five years started coaching in Division Four um, in Sweden. Was it Sweden? Yeah, Sweden. Division Four in Sweden took that team from Division Four all the way to their top division. Um, Qualified for uh, not Champions League, maybe Europa League. I think. Yeah, um, won their first major tournament, major trophy in ever i think so he's got a history of bringing teams from low to high right he brought brighton to the highest point he had ever finished in the first division in england but it'll be interesting to see how well does that type of coach translate to a team that has expectations of champions league and fighting for top spots in the premier league and how that turns out but that'll be fun to watch i i really am intrigued to see does this change the way in which um, Christian Pulisic is used because um, a lot of American U.S. soccer fans have been disappointed with his usage. I think you've brought a valid point in the past. Uh, more has to do with how injured he is than it has to do with choice of usage, but we'll see. American Chelsea fans seem very much like over-involved youth academy soccer moms. Not the dads Caref- that are doing a podcast. Careful how I say that. Um, yeah, that's just what it feels like. I just want to see him get more playing time. He deserves it. I know. He's so good. Christian, here's your water bottle. I knitted his name on my sweater. <laughs> that's what I need to do. I need to get I a did. Chelsea I jersey did. and put mom of 10. <laughs> that would be good stuff. All right, well... We were confident this was going to be a shorter episode, yet we're already 40 minutes in. What else you got for us there, Alex? All right. It's time for Biggles Wade Report. Adam has a uh, video here. Virginia may be for lovers, but Biggles Wade is for bangers. So that is Biggles Wade FC, Charlie Hayford. That goal was a, was a Red Wolf special. That was a late goal to secure a tie for Biggles Wade FC. Uh, you mean a Red Wolf opponent special? Right. Okay. Right. Uh, but still, great shot by Charlie. Congrats to him. Congrats to Biggles Wade FC. My other Biggles Wade report fact here, we've got Biggles Wade Town. They are moving on to the second qualifying round of the FA Cup. They're the only Biggles Wade team left in that competition. 
uh, good luck to them. I think it's not this weekend, but it's the next weekend that they'll yes. be traveling to play that match. All of the teams are scheduled to have games this weekend. Uh, I think we want to send our sympathies to all our Biggles Wade listeners and watchers with uh, the news of the passing of the Queen, Queen Elizabeth. I uh, hope y'all are doing well. And uh, games may be canceled this weekend due to that going on. So that's it's, your Biggles Wade report. Yeah, some some uh, championship games that were scheduled for Friday have already been canceled. Um, and uh, they said they would help them on Friday whether or not the other championship games would be canceled or other football league games. So that's championship, league one, league two. Premier League has not announced if any there will be any changes, but that's possible. Also, you could see Premier League games being uh, canceled out of respect for the longest reigning um, monarch in uh, England's history. So the entire space program happened during her reign. Nothing has ever been launched in space when she, uh, unless she was queen. Wow. Sorry, I had to say it. I did. It's an interesting fact. Yeah. <laughs> I feel smarter now. Dang it. All right. That's not what Different. this is for. <laughs> All right. You guys got anything? You guys got anything else before we uh, sign off here? Just tangent. Chattanooga Red Wolves. Any of you that watch, that listen, when you guys are determined to score goals, you score goals. That's right. Be determined to score goals. You guys got this, man. Thanks, bro. Thanks so much. And on that note, a granola bar. Bye. The weakest buy of all. Let's be honest. Yeah. It's us. It's going to be excellent. Turn my camera off. I'd logged myself in as ALE because I wasn't going to be able to finish my name. (laughs) I figured that'd be appropriate. Because we can't finish a game? Is that what that's based on? Yeah, that's kind of what I'm going for. Anyway. I thought you were like a medieval drink. We'll bury this at the end and hopefully people won't listen. So like a normal podcast. Right. Okay. Good times. Good times. <laughs>